knowing when to step away, when to like get yourself regulated, because that's the other thing too. You stay in this dysregulated state, you're so much more inefficient. <laughs> so you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be the creative that you wanna be when you're running on fumes and your nervous system is totally out of whack. Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. If you've ever wondered if this entrepreneurship journey is affecting your body or maybe vice versa, this episode's for you. Today, I speak with Hope Pedraza, owner of Imbalance Studio. She's a holistic nutritionist, an expert in functional nutrition, and she talks to us all about how we can better support ourselves and our entrepreneurship journey through the way we take care of our bodies. Hence, nutrition. We're going to be talking about how you can better fuel yourself, think better, more clearly, and just take better care of yourself so you can show up at work as your best self. I hope you enjoy this episode. As I mentioned on the podcast, we normally dig into the myths and the bad advice when it comes to business growth and success. And really the one thing that permeates all of that is this hustle culture that we have been surrounded by for so long. The side hustle, the back hustle, the front hustle, we've all got so many things on the go and no time to recover. And I feel so fortunate to have you here because you are going to help us understand the true effects of what this does to us, but also how to get out of that. But before we dig into that, I would love for you to take a moment, Hope, to introduce yourself to the audience and give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do. Yeah, thanks, Mickey. And I'm so glad to be here and to share some insightful things for your audience because, I mean, as a business owner, I know what it's like. So I'm excited to kind of share the, my husband likes to call it the dummy tags, like here's what not to do kind of thing. So this is this is a good conversation. Um, but yeah, so I am a certified holistic nutritionist and I'm also a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And I'm the founder of Inbalance, which is a Pilates-based fitness studio. So I have the kind of the best of both worlds in my mind. I have the brick and mortar, and then I have the online business, um, my nutrition business being the online business. And so as um, an FDNP, I help women really, because that's really who I serve, women get to the root of their problem. And so I deal with a lot of women who are dealing with things like we're going to talk about today with, you know, burnout, things like adrenal fatigue, um, women with chronic issues like autoimmune issues and gut issues, thyroid issues, and help them really get to root of the problem. And so the women that, that I work with, they've tried all the things. They've, they've gone to every doctor under the sun. They've tried every medicine. They've tried this health coach and this nutritionist and they can't get to the bottom of it. And so I really help, I use functional labs and screenings to help get to the root of the problem and treat the body from like a functional perspective. So rather than treating things symptomatically, we're treating the body as a whole to really coach up function of the entire body. I love that. And you know what, that entire framework is very much so the way that we like to look at business here. Yeah. You know, we don't want to just address symptoms in your business. Okay. So you don't have leads or, okay. So your sales are low. We want to look at it as a whole and look at it from mm -hmm. a holistic perspective to see, okay, like what is the big picture here mm -hmm. and what's actually causing all of these things to happen? Because if yeah. you just try and fix the one thing or throw in more Instagram posts, right? Like it's not actually going to fix yep. the problem. So I, yep. I love that we can kind of connect the two 
frameworks really seamlessly in that way. So let's dig into burnout because I know I have been there multiple times. Mm -hmm. I'm not proud to say it, but Mm -hmm. I was the queen of hustle. I had every job under the sun and then one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it manifested in depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of digestive discomfort, and really just like this general feeling of having no energy, regardless of how much caffeine I consumed. Yeah. So would you be able to give us a little bit more on what burnout actually is and what it's doing to our body? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So our bodies are not meant to go, go, go all the time, actually. Yeah, They're not. Learn that the hard way. <laughs> so there's the first thing. And that's what I find a lot of times. And even, you know, even the women that I serve, they're not all business owners and stuff, but there, I have a lot of professional women and I do have some business owners, but either way, especially as women, I think we're speaking to mostly women, we are wired, whether it's from society or whatever, to just go do all the things. And we're supposed to do all of it. We're supposed to do all of it like yesterday. In high and high so heels I, and backwards. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So there's the first thing is like, we've got all this like conditioning and societal pressure and whatever to do all the things and our physical bodies were not meant to do that. So when we get into this cycle, kind of what you're talking about, like you do the burnout and then you recognize it. So you try to scale down and and it's just like this endless cycle. It just, it doesn't matter because then you feel like you're not doing enough to get back to burnout. So when we do that, we are totally stressing out our nervous system. Our nervous system connects every part of the body. This is the central like headquarters of what's going on in your body. It talks to your hormones and your gut and your brain and your thyroid and your every organ tissue cell in your body. Your nervous system is telling it what to do. So when we're totally stressing ourselves out, when we are doing all the things, not giving your body the adequate rest it needs, the the adequate nutrition, nourishment, you know, mind, body, soul, all of it, we're totally stressing out our nervous system. And this is a big thing that I work with with my clients because especially the ones who come to me, you know, they've tried the diet, they've tried this diet and that diet, they've tried the supplements and it's not working. The missing piece, I want to say every time, but at least 99% of the time is this nervous system piece because your nervous system is totally frazzled. It's totally dysregulated and it doesn't know how to get back into that regulated state. And so, especially as business owners, there's always a fire to put out. There's always the next thing we have to like look towards. So there's never like a starting and a stopping point. It's just one long, (laughs) one long nonstop journey. And so for your nervous, for your nervous system, that's a lot. So typically the first thing we see when we're looking at this is, is you get kind of like what you were talking about, that mental pressure. So you're dealing with anxiety, depression, those like mood disorders, your mental health takes a toll. And from there, it, it's typically digestion and mental health goes together. So with the nervous system, you have the vagus nerve that connects your, your gut to your brain and your brain back to your gut. It's that gut brain axis. And so whatever is going on in your gut, and when you're stressed, you're churning and churning all kinds of stuff going on in your gut. It's going to connect it connects to your brain. That's going to be the next thing that feels the effects. So your gut brain connection is first and foremost and digestive issues. And that was me too. That's how my stress and burnout, all the things shows up is digest. I mean, I, you name it. I had all the digestive, even as a kid, I was just a high strung, like type a kid. And so you're going to, you're going to get the digestive issues, the nervous stomach, the, um, you know, bloating constipation, you, you name the digestive issue. That's, what's going to manifest as you're dealing with all of these feelings of burnout. And then not only that, but 
you're stressing out your adrenals because as your nervous system is, you know, firing and wiring, you know, 24 seven nonstop with no rest, you're also doing that to your adrenals, which are these little glands that help produce your stress hormones. And when it's producing cortisol, it's the big stress hormone. I'm sure everybody listening knows what that is. When it's producing this much, that just sends your body into a tailspin. So now not only are you stressing out your nervous system and your gut, and now your brain's all like discombobulated, our adrenals are tired and they're pumping up, pumping up, pumping out cortisol. And when cortisol is high, that also shoots your blood sugar up. So now your blood sugar is elevated because when your body's pumping out cortisol, this is like our innate sense of like, you're getting ready to fight or flee, right? Like when you're in this stress state, it's that fight or flight response, your body pumps out cortisol. Well, you know, as prehistoric beings, like the cortisol your, was spiking your blood sugar because it was giving you the energy you needed to like run away from a predator or fight somebody or whatever. Well, we're not fighting people or running away, but now your cortisol is just elevated like all the time. And so is your blood sugar. So it's going to lead to blood sugar dysregulation. It's going to cause things um, like insulin resistance. It's going to cause things like PCOS and endometriosis, things that go going wrong with your hormones. All of those are linked to this like blood sugar dysregulation. And so all of these things down the pipeline start to manifest like autoimmune issues, thyroid issues. Now your thyroid's running sluggishly because your adrenals are like overworked. So point is, it's this whole like cascade. Yes, it's this cascade of effects that, I mean, by the time it starts showing up in your body, it's really almost impossible for you to pinpoint like where it started because it's just this like mass chaos going on in your body. And so when you're looking at kind of the reverse of that, it really goes down to, in my mind, it really goes down to how do we regulate our nervous system. How do we start from there? And that's, like I said, that's 99% of the time, the piece that's been missing with the ladies that I work with. You know, it's funny because when I was experiencing this, I, I was in school, running a business, working in a business, doing all the things as usual, right? And mom, military mm -hmm. wife, like I forget that I also have a dog and all these <laughs> other responsibilities, right? But they're all there. They never end. There's laundry to be done. I would be so tired all day long. And then I would lay down to go to sleep and my mind would be racing and I couldn't sleep. Absolutely. Or I would wake up in the middle of the night, wide awake. Yep. And yet I was so tired, but I yep. couldn't sleep. And it was finally by that point, I was like, okay. Something is, yes. Something is missing here. Yes. And it makes perfect sense that cortisol has been pumping through my system for so long. My nervous system is shot. And so when I get the opportunity to rest and recover, the body doesn't even know, it doesn't how, know how to, that's exactly it. And we call that wired, but tired. And that's like telltale sign that your adrenals are like, they don't even know what to do anymore. Cause like you said, your body has no idea how to calm itself down anymore. <laughs> as frazzled as my hair. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yes. So when we get to this place, because we, most of us, at least now in this day and age, unfortunately get there, what, where do we go from there? Who do we seek help to? How do we start to take those steps? Because yeah. at least for me, there was no like magic bullet. Yeah. There was no one hit wonder. Yeah. And it wasn't like a one day or two day vacation that solved the problem right. because I tried that. Right. Right. Well, and it's like you said, it's like getting down to the root of the problem because yeah, sure. A vacation is going to help you in, in that, that short term period. And then you get back to the same old grind. Like it's, you know, it's the same old problems all over again. So, and, and, and you're right, there is no quick fix and there is no one day thing. And I think that's the other thing too, is we're, especially as business owners, we want it and we want it now. And it's just, that's just not how it works. It, it took you that long to get to this point where your body is like, 
I, I need help. And it's going to take a while for it to, you know, that's the thing. It, it's it's going to be a process. I think the first, I guess, step in this is really the awareness piece. And it's a being aware of like, okay, something's going to change because if you're not aware of it, there's going to be no like getting to that commitment to do anything about it. So the awareness piece is first and the awareness that there's multiple things going on. And I always bring in this like body awareness piece with my clients because a lot of times too, you know, something's wrong, but you don't really realize how much is going wrong until you think about it. And you're like, holy crap, like I feel like complete poop. And I didn't even realize it when I start thinking about, okay, oh, I do have headaches. And you're right. I'm tired. I haven't slept really. Like you start going through the laundry list and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bad. So the awareness piece first and foremost, and, and then making that commitment to yourself, like, okay, something's got to change. That's going to be the most important piece. And from there, it's just going to be, it's going to be a little steps at a time because as we've conditioned ourselves to be in this state, it's going to take some conditioning to get out of this state. And it's going to be a little small changes. And I'd say the first, the biggest thing is going to be the sleep part. The sleep part is huge for people. And especially like you're saying, because you get to the point where you're like, I'm so tired and I cannot sleep. Like I, I just can't go to sleep. So building healthy, like a uh, nighttime routine to get yourself ready for bed and then building a healthy morning routine as you wake up, like this sleep routine is going to be like crucial to your survival because sleep really is. And there's, you can look at multiple studies about this, how much sleep affects your quality of life and can literally take years off your life when you're not sleeping enough. Seven to nine hours of sleep is the ideal amount of time that we're sleeping. And we not only want the quantity, but we want the quality. So it's not so much like, okay, you know, I'm able to go to bed from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. or whatever. Well, if you're waking up 88 times during the night, like, I mean, that's not doing you a whole lot of good. So it's, you know, getting your nighttime routine down where it's like, okay, I'm going to turn off my electronics. I'm going to turn off the TV. I'm going to take time to unwind, whether it's, you know, reading a book or listening to music or journaling or doing a meditation, like whatever that thing is that like disconnects you from the day. That's the first piece because being able to disconnect from the day shut the energy down from the day, disconnect from other people and all like, that's going to be the first thing to get you into that state. And then two, there's, you know, there's lots of great botanicals and supplements you can take, whether it's melatonin, um, which I don't really recommend taking that like long-term, but like to kind of get you in the state, that's always good. Things like valerian root, magnesium is a great supplement to take at night. Everybody should be taking magnesium supplement anyway, but taking it at night is going to be crucial to your sleep. I promise you it'll change your life. I haven't had people just do that and that's changed everything. So, but taking things like that, um, making sure, you know, you haven't, you've, you've been mindful about your diet late at night, not eating super sugary food so that your blood sugar is like going crazy all through the night. Drinking alcohol super late at night can affect your blood sugar. So having these things about making your room super dark, having the temperature set. Now the ideal to me, my husband just talked about this last night. Because I like to be, I like covers. I like to snuggle up at night with blankets. And he's like, just turn the AC up. You don't have to have all the blankets, but I want the blankets. I want to sleep with the blankets. So really scientifically, scientific studies have shown the ideal temperature at night should be 70 degrees. Okay. I haven't quite my husband, got my husband to let me make it that low, but we're close. So anyway, 70 degrees is night, you know, whether you need eye mask, blackout shades, whatever, but create the environment that's conducive to your sleep. And then the same thing in the morning you know, making sure when you wake up, you've got a routine in the morning, you can kind of ease yourself out of bed. Maybe you do a morning meditation or journaling to kind of get you started for the day, but having something that kind of energizes you and gets you excited for the day. And it's not like jump out of bed, blah, 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 you know, go one thing to the next. And you're like, your cortisol is like 
spikes through the roof the second you get yeah out of bed. So so yeah, that my the first step really I think is really honing in on that sleep. Yeah, and you know so many entrepreneurs. I was just speaking to someone I, I want to say two weeks ago about this where the phone has become the alarm clock Mm -hmm. and the timekeeper. And so we've got it by our bedside with the intention of, oh, I'm going to use the awake time or the sleep time. And I'm going to turn off notifications, but the temptation is so big, Mm -hmm. especially because we know clients are messaging. There's potential, there's things going on. And I know so many people who work from bed, they wake up in the morning and check their emails in bed and start their day there. And since this work from home kind of, era of our lives has mm-hmm. <laughs> come about. Yep. I, the one thing that I found to be the biggest impact has been detaching from my phone at night. I literally had to remove, I'm a marketer and I had to remove all social media and my email <laughs> from my phone. Like that's how bad we got yes. around here. Yes, but I feel you. in doing that, now when I go to bed, there's nothing I can do on my phone. There's literally nothing fun. So it forces me, although I can still have my alarm clock on there, it forces me to turn off work when work ends. And I I love that. Yeah, that's a great one. And even if you're, you know, because I've had a similar thing where for me, I didn't delete all the things I thought about it, but I did just turn off all the notifications. So I don't get any notifications, you know, even doing Mm -hmm. that. And then I had no idea, maybe I'm like, out of things out of the loop here. But one of my friends a while back showed me how you can do like, you can set the time thing on your phone where there you can set like, what is it called? Like the work. focus times that, yes, that yeah. thing. And you can set a focus time. So you don't get any alerts, notification, like using things like that to out of mind, you know, out of mm-hmm. body, out, out of all of that, like just get it out of your head and, not, and release the temptation. Yeah. So for those of us who have started to optimize our sleep routine, where we realize, okay, like things are going badly. I see there's a red flag. I'm going to start to try and sleep better. And so we're going to bed earlier. We're making our room darker. We're getting a little bit more sleep, but our days are still mm-hmm. chaos. And we really want to focus on the nervous system and on calming down, on finding that place where we're not affected by the distractions. Are there things we can do in terms of our body, our, whether it's physical or whether it's our nutrition that can help us in that kind of quest? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I think that would definitely be the next like point I would address too, if with someone I'm working with, with like, okay, what do we do next? The nervous system is going to be crucial. And there's a lot of you know, somatic things you can do throughout the day, um, maybe make it part of your morning, evening routine, whatever that can really help regulate the nervous system and really work on that vagus nerve. The thing I mentioned before, so the vagus nerve is that, that nerve that runs from your gut to your brain, the gut brain axis. And typically when you're looking at someone dealing with burnout and you're dealing with the effects of burnout, you've got what they call weak vagal toning. And you really know work to strengthen the vagus, just like you would strengthen a muscle, want to work to strengthen the vagus nerve. And so we're looking at things that strengthen the vagus nerve all seem really silly, but I tell you that they work. Anything that stimulates your vocal cords is going to be something that helps strengthen your vagus nerve, that helps tone your vagus nerve. So things like gargling, humming, oming. If you've ever been to yoga class, you've done the ohm. It's actually not a woo-woo thing. It actually stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system to calm down the body. Those are all things that help tone the vagus nerve. Things like cold therapy. Even if, if you just laid on the couch and put a bag of like frozen peas on your chest, that it's going to stimulate your vagus. It's going to calm down the vagus nerve. These are all things you can do to help that vagal toning. The other thing too is, is doing things like um, incorporating mindfulness practice in, into your day, whether it's, you know, journaling, meditation, it's just getting up and going for a walk. 
sitting outside, connecting with nature for a few minutes. And these are small things you can do throughout the day when you have a 10 minute break between calls or whatever. Maybe you take your calls outside. You know, you've got a phone, you got headphones, you can walk out, but, but doing these things throughout the day. And that, that's really what it takes. And that's really where I've seen the most success when people can integrate these things throughout their day. So it's not like, you know, I'm, I'm meditating, I'm doing meditation in the morning, but then my whole day is like balls to the wall nonstop. Like that's not really helping anything. It's being able to integrate little things throughout the day. Again, it goes back to that, that awareness piece. You can recognize when your body is getting dysregulated and know what to do about it. So when you're, you've got 28 different tasks going on at one time, you've had, you know, five back-to-back calls, you know, you've got a little break. Okay. Instead of doing the next thing, let's step back, take a break, drink some water, let's hydrate, eat something nourishing to your body. Maybe you step outside for a little bit, but, but knowing when to step away, when to like get yourself regulated, because that's the other thing too. You stay in this dysregulated state, you're so much more inefficient. <laughs> so you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be the creative that you want to be when you're running on fumes and your nervous system is totally out of whack. Yeah. You know what? It was the moment of truth for me was when I started to realize how many cups of coffee I was drinking in a day. I started counting because <laughs> it just became routine where I was like, Oh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to add more coffee or Oh, I'm tired. I'm going to add more coffee. And one day I looked and I made a second pot and I was like, I have a problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so that was This episode is brought to you by the Hustle Less Profit More Club, the marketing solution for small businesses struggling to grow. Learn how to ditch marketing that doesn't work and create a no-fluff, high-powered marketing strategy that scales in the Hustle Less Profit More Club. This monthly business coaching program is designed for busy entrepreneurs and business owners who struggle to market their business. Inside, you'll learn everything you need to set proper marketing goals, prioritize your efforts, and grow your business. Head over to heymickeyanderson.com slash club to learn more. Now back to the episode. I realized that like if I just swapped every other cup of coffee with a cup of water, like that was a huge shift for me and it sounds so silly, but I honestly noticed within a day. Oh yeah. Your, your body was like, oh, wow. Like, well, I'm so glad you, yes, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's the other thing too. The caffeine can be so harmful. And that's the other thing when you're, when your adrenals are already tired, caffeine, which stimulates your cortisol levels. It's just, it's like you're on crack all day. Like it's just making your, your adrenals even more tired. So that's, yes, it's, it's such a dangerous cycle because I I see that so often. And one of the things um, that I have my clients do, one of the first things is we like wean ourselves off the caffeine. And I know for a lot of people, it's like super scary because they're like, I'm not going to be able to function. Like I literally won't be able to function. And it's a, it's a process. And I promise you, there is such a thing as having natural energy. Like there is such a thing. So it's, it's calming that stress response down in the body and, and letting your body do what it's supposed to do, which is function optimally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminds me, I, I drink, I've been drinking coffee since I was like 17 years old, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's, it's yes. in my DNA at this point. Yes. But when I, when I became pregnant, I had to stop drinking coffee. And right. at that point I was drinking a lot of coffee, let me tell yes. you. And that was probably one of the hardest couple of weeks ever because my body as much as I knew it was a good thing to stop drinking the coffee, the pregnancy fatigue had hit already. <laughs> 
But every time I think about it and I worry, oh, I'm not going to be able to function because I'm not drinking enough coffee. I think back to that time. And it's like, okay, if I could do it while I was growing a human, I can have one less cup of coffee right. today. Exactly. That's always, exactly. always my like internal mantra that I tell myself. <laughs> so so for those of us who are starting to pack lunches, to eat healthier, to try and integrate more nutrition or nutritional nourishment into our life to help us with the, the adrenal fatigue, with the burnout. Are there anything aside from just eating a lot of green stuff that we can do, totally. <laughs> do to yes. help us out? Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. And the big thing is going to be hydration. Now, the other thing that's really important, your adrenals use more vitamin C than any other part of your body. So vitamin C is going to be really crucial to your adrenals, actually vitamin C and sodium, which sounds crazy. So things that can help replenish electrolytes are going to be really helpful, super hydrating fruits and vegetables, lots of fiber, which also helps build a healthy gut microbiome and does a lot of other great things to help keep you regular and keep all the things moving throughout the body. Um, and, and foods really, I feel like Intuition is a huge piece of this in bringing in your intuition and, and being able to recognize like what foods bring you energy and what foods drag you down and being able to kind of work with your energy. Some days you have more energy and you feel good eating certain foods. Some days you have less energy and you need to eat different foods for those days. But being able to use food to um, feed into like, you know, how your body is feeling and knowing how to nourish your body, right? Hydration is always going to be big. Fruits and veggies are always going to be big, but kind of knowing like some days you need heavier, more dense foods to keep you going. Some days that makes you feel weighed down. So I think there's an intuitive piece too to understand how I feel and what foods I want to bring into my diet, you know, based on what's going on that day. Yeah. And, you know, we hear all sorts of advice around nutrition, advice around nutrition online, right? Like yes. the ditch gluten, ditch carbs, fat is bad for you. Fat is good for you. This kind of fat is bad for you. Don't eat eggs. Do eat eggs, right? There's just so much information. And most of us are just like, okay, I'm just going to revert back to what I've always done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've made it this yeah. far. Let's see what happens. Are there any hard and fast rules that we need to be aware of when it comes to nutrition or is everyone different? That's such a good question. And the short answer is everyone's different. <laughs> there is no one size fits all. There is no like, I, this is ideal for everybody. I will tell you what is ideal for everybody is eating a balanced diet. And what is it ideal for everybody is eating a good variety of fruits and veggies and getting good fiber in your diet. That's, that is what, because again, like I mentioned before, and this is like, can go down a rabbit hole here, but this really is what helps build a, health, a healthy gut microbiome. It helps build good bacteria in your gut. So your gut talking about the gut brain connection, your gut is responsible for either inhibiting, building, making, or secreting hormones. Every single hormone in your body is somehow affected by your gut, which means the hormones coming through your adrenals and all the other parts, it's all connected from the gut. So really a healthy gut is really going to be the key to a healthy body just in general. So the only hard and fast rules that I have for my clients is just eat a lot of good variety of fruits and vegetables. As far as like, you know, macronutrients, like you know, how much protein, how much, how much, how many carbs, how much fat, like all that's going to depend on the person. And it's going to depend on, you know, how your body best uses energy. And, you know, there's some, some tests and stuff we can do to kind of see how your body oxidizes carbs and fat protein and stuff. And that's really what it comes down to is it's, you know, it's, and a lot of time, it, again, you're, this intuitive piece can come into this and you can kind of do an experiment on yourself. If you feel pretty energized and you feel good when you eat like a good heavy carb meal, 
then your body thrives off that. If you feel weighed down and you feel heavy and lethargic and bleh, when you eat a heavy carb meal, then maybe you do better with a higher protein and fat. Not saying you don't need carbs because everybody needs carbs, but maybe you do better eating more protein and fat than carbs. So this intuitive piece really does come into it with this because it's, it's going to be different based on you. And it's going to be, it's going to depend on like what stage of life you're in too. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to change. Now, what I do not agree with are all the fad diets. I, I don't think a keto diet is good. I don't think intermittent fasting is good for women. These, these diets were not built for women. They were not built for women's bodies. The only studies done on these diets were ever done on men's bodies. And they throw out all these statistics and none of them are relevant to women with our 28 day hormonal cycles that we have. And so these kind of fad diet things, these are just not ideal for women. What is ideal is eating a good balanced diet and then kind of tuning into your intuition, how you feel when you eat certain foods. You know, I love that you mentioned the word intuition there because, you know, there's all these like counter calories or counter macros kind of fitness plans that I want to say they're nutrition plans, yeah. but yeah, the yeah. Word fitness just came out, but they're, you know, we hear you need to be under so many calories a day or start counting your calories because calorie deficit's the only way to lose weight X, Y, Z. But for us, when we're first starting, is it better to start focusing on the numbers or the types of foods? Yeah, absolutely. The types of food. Absolutely. And I, I like have such distaste for that. I hate that thing, the whole like calories in calories out and just eat less calories. And that like, no, it it actually doesn't work that way because we all know that the calories, you can eat equal calories of cookies to veggies and it's not the same thing. So it's not calories in calories out at all, at, at all. That actually doesn't work at all. And so, so no, it is actually the quality of food. And so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, there comes a point where, and I do with some of my clients that where weight loss is like a big thing and, and, you know, there's a need to, to get to a healthy place to lose weight and know that that plays a part into to it sometimes that we do look at macronutrients. Okay. Let's look at, you know, your ratios of carbs, and protein and fat and find the one that's best for you. There's never a, like, let's starve yourself kind of thing. There's never like, well, just eat a thousand calories. And like, there's never anything like that. But when you're first starting out, it really is all about the quality of the food that you're eating. Again, just getting as much fiber as you can from good plant sources. That's really going to be the biggest, the biggest thing. You know, I have this this saying when it in business with my clients that it makes me think of this is like if it feels like shit and it makes you feel like shit, it's probably not the best thing for you. Absolutely, absolutely, a hundred percent. And so, if you're cutting a whole bunch of calories and you still feel like shit, maybe yes. don't get the calories. Yes, exactly. It's exactly it. Yes. So let's start talking a little bit about movement because I think most of us can start throwing in some more green and colorful foods into our diet and, and make some simple steps before we reach out to you for more support when it comes to healing our adrenals and healing our burnout. But but there are also things we can do with our physical body in terms of our movement. I as a marketer and copywriter sit at my desk the majority of the day. Mm-hmm. And boy, do I feel it at the end of the day. And I, I'm noticing I, I, my body feels a lot older than it, it yes. used to for sure. Right? And I know I'm not alone in that. So for yeah. those of us who are desk workers, who yeah. are in front of a Zoom camera all day long, are there things that we can do before, after, or even during that can start to help us? Ah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's where we are now, right? That's something we, I run into so much. And it kind of goes back to that piece where I was talking about like integrating this mindfulness things throughout the day. It's kind of the same thing where it's taking every opportunity you can to get up and move and stretch and 
do simple things that are going to get your blood flowing and get, you know, work on your posture. Maybe it's sitting on, you know, an exercise ball instead of a chair to help that helps with your posture. So that's the first thing that's going to go. It's your posture. And you're going to start getting like aches and pains and creaks and cracks that didn't show up before because you're sitting in weird ways or yeah. your chair is not. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the forward head thing. Yes. My husband has been dealing with that. I've been doing all these stretches and getting him this thing that helps him sit back and like keep his head back. Cause he's like, this is going to be like, I don't want to be one of those old people with the hump, you know, on your back of yeah so it's yeah the posture is going to be the biggest thing and really it all goes back to your core too and, and i i say that a little bit biased because my back my background is pilates but the core really is you know central to all of it so being able to do things to help your core is going to help with your posture and all those posture muscles but getting up regularly throughout the day taking walks even doing if you don't have time to dedicate like a solid chunk to a workout, like you, you know, a 45 minute workout or whatever it is, but doing little stuff throughout the day. So maybe you have 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, take those 15 minutes. You can do simple, like, you know, ear spots and lunges and get some little dumbbells next to your desk and do like 15 minute little light workouts to get the blood flowing. And I have found that my clients who tell me like, I just don't have time to you know set aside for a workout. That's what they're doing now. And they're getting better results than they would have than if they were dedicating the hour long workout to it. Cause it's more consistent throughout the day. Yeah. I love that. You know, there's that kind of conflict we have in our head and it's like, well, I want to do the real workout. And mm -hmm. if I can't do it the right way, I don't want to do it at no. all. Mm -hmm. And then of course there's the other side of it. Well, like anything's better than nothing. And, mm -hmm. and you yeah. kind of have that battle back and forth between yes. the two, but the truth that really like not doing it versus doing something yes. right, is, is really just the question. Yeah. And if you're right. not going to work out, find something you can do within something. the day, even yep. if it's, you know, yeah. two squats to 10 squats, like yes. anything that you can do is just going to improve. I love yep. that. And sure. I mean, I'm guilty of this. I'll sit all day and they're like, oh, I don't have time for a workout. So I'm just going to watch Netflix. <laughs> exactly. It, it happens. And you know, there is sometimes where your body does need to do that when your body's super tired. Cause that's the other part too. I think there's also, which I find, especially when we're talking about adrenal fatigue and, 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 and burnout. That, and that's something to keep in mind for those of you listening who are dealing with this, when your adrenals are tired and worn out, high intensity exercise is going to make things worse. So doing that hit workout, doing that intense Peloton workout, it's making things worse. Unfortunately, as, as great as you feel in the moment, it's going to wear you down. You're going to find that it, it's hard to recover. That takes you longer to recover. You're going to find that you are completely dysfunctional after that workout because your body is so tired. So being mindful about that too, about what, what is right for your body in, in terms of movement, a low intensity, there's nothing wrong with low intensity workout. There's nothing wrong with a slow, stretchy workout and quote, just doing yoga is, is okay. Like I know that here, some people say that too, like, well, it's just yoga. It's still movement. It's still breath work. It's still moving your body. It's still stretching things that you probably need to stretch. So, so being mindful about that piece too, where it's like, you don't have to go to do this hardcore workout. Like, especially if you're dealing with adrenal fatigue and burnout, like being mindful of, of your adrenals and of your body and taking care of that at the same time while you're incorporating, you know, mindful movement. You know, I think it, it comes back to that intuition again, right? Because if we're starting to really pay attention to the way things make us feel now, and as we go through our day, it, it does become pretty apparent the things that are working for us and the things that are working against us. Yep. And, and one of the things that I found was really helpful was journaling because I would track, yes. and it wasn't necessarily about like calorie tracking or food tracking per se. I would just write a general idea of what I did that day and how I felt. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy to just pinpoint 
oh, you know what? That massive pasta lunch and the nap didn't do it. Like yes. it just was. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the first things I have my clients do when they're filling out this like super intense intake process I have. I have them do a little food journal and it's not just like you're saying, it's not just like, oh, what did you eat? It's like, you know, how did you feel before? how did you feel during? How did you feel after? How did the food make you feel? And your reactions, like it's this mindfulness piece. And it's funny when, when they're filling it out, that usually the first day is like super short. They're like, I felt hungry. I felt full. Like it's super basic. And by the end of it, it's like these long drawn out answers. Cause they're realizing like, Oh wait, I do feel things like mm-hmm. things are affecting. And then I'm realizing that, Oh yeah, I can connect the dots here to why I felt this. And then I was stressed and then, you know, so it, it totally makes a difference when you can connect those pieces and bring that awareness piece into it and, and using that intuition to connect the dots. Yeah. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit was the notion that most of us have felt pretty crummy for a long time. And we don't necessarily know what better feels like, or that better is actually possible for us, right? Like this is as good as it's going to get. And even if it's a small little change or, or, you know, some sort of movement in the positive, we're like, okay, well, that's as good as it's going to get. So I'm going to stop there. And I can give you a personal example. I I worked with a holistic nutritionist for a while back after I I had my daughter, I was struggling with a lot of digestive issues and burnout. Mm -hmm. And I got to this place where I was like, "Mm, this is as good as it's going to get. Like, this is it. I feel great. This is amazing. And she looked at me and she's like, you think this is as good as it can get? And I was like, oh man, I feel awesome. And she's like, give me three more weeks. (laughs) And lo and behold, three weeks later, after we had finished this next phase of whatever I was doing, (laughs) I, it was like exponentially better. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just like a linear increase. It was wild. And I had never felt so good in my life. And so I think sometimes we need to realize that we don't even know how good it can be. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's like I was saying before, a lot of times people don't feel how crappy they, they feel until they've really thought about it. It's the same thing with feeling good. Like in, in, like you said it, there's, there's always room to feel better and there's always, it doesn't have to be just, just okay. And I, I tell my clients that all the time because a lot of times, you know, after they've, they've worked through all the doctors and the meds and they've tried all the things, it's like that that's kind of what they used to come to. It's like, well, this is it. I'm just going to have to live with it. And the answer is no, you don't have to live with it. Like you can feel amazing. You can feel like all the vitality in the world. You can have all the energy in the world. Like it is possible to feel all those things. And it, it's definitely a process and it takes time, but it, it, it doesn't have to be just okay. Like, I think that's a great point. Yeah. You know, when I first started kind of my, my healing process after all of this chaos, it was a long time, right? It took me, I want to say, so after I had my daughter and hit burnout, like rock bottom burnout, it was about two years before I I got to this like really great place. And it was two years of consistent eating and working and doing the things. And I remember someone came up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. You look like you're having a great time. Like things are great. You know, what did you do? And I was like, well, I've just been drinking a lot of water and eating a lot of healthy food for about two years now. And they just looked at me with this like sad like yeah. that, what <laughs> I come <wanted> on magic <laughs> pill <laughs> yeah and I was like well no it wasn't fast and they're like yes. well I've been doing this thing for six months and I'm still not seeing results yep. and I was like yeah but it took me two years like yep. I don't know what to tell you exactly oh my gosh it's so common I cannot tell you how many conversations I have about that with my clients which I get it the frustration is there and I get these messages and they're like oh I just I was feeling good and then I'm not and I had this flare up and blah blah and and it's it is a process. And, and the other thing is the process is never linear. Like sometimes it's three steps forward, two steps back, four steps forward, two, you know what I mean? It's yes. So it's, it's never a linear process. And I, I think you, you, 
it's important to go into it with realistic expectations, knowing like you said, it took you two years. Like it's, it's a process and, but being okay with it. Cause it's, and that's the thing with health, like health is never a destination. Like it's always a journey. So even after you get there, there's going to be other things for you to work on. So just knowing that you're not working to get to like the stopping point, you're just trying to go in, in the right trajectory, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In the right general direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many marketing messages and images and influencers and things out there that make it seem like it should be the silver bullet and yep. perfection should be yep. right. Like we live in this filtered Instagram world. And so I love that you say that it's a journey mm -hmm. and not about a destination because all we hear about is the, the end result, yeah, right? Yeah. We see the picture on Instagram and think I want right. that, but sure. we, for, we forget the human nature and the humanness yep. of our experience. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned briefly at the beginning, some uh, supplements that we can use mm -hmm. to help us on maybe kickstart us on this journey yeah. or help us as we're learning to sleep better and eat better and just feel better in general. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about supplementation and first and foremost, whether it's something we need to do? Yeah. Or whether it's only for certain people in certain circumstances. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And this is super controversial. And especially when you start talking to the medical community, because there's still lots and lots and lots and lots of doctors out there that still swear that supplements are just make for expensive pee. And I can tell you from experience dealing with lots and lots of clients that that is not the case. <laughs> that first thing to note is that our food is substantially less nutritious than it was 50 years ago. There have been studies that have been done to measure the like nutritional density of food in the 1950s versus now. And it's there was one study that showed it's up to 48% less nutritious than it was in the 1950s. That's huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. So, you know, and there's a lot of issues that, but again, another rabbit hole we could go down, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, degenerative farming and our soil just isn't as, as, as nutrient dense as it used to be because of how people are farming and over farming and synthetic fertilizers and all that. So there's a lot of issues there. So first and foremost, when you're taking supplements, just like, for example, like a general, like multivitamin, you're not doing it instead of eating healthy food. You're doing it in conjunction with healthy, healthy, but it's just insurance. It's just giving you that little bit of extra to kind of make up for those holes that we have just because even you can eat the healthiest diet in the world, but it's still going to have holes in it just because of the quality of our food. Now, maybe if you live in like an agrarian society and grew all the things yourself, like maybe you could get to the point where you don't need it. But the fact is like the majority of us, that little bit of insurance is really what fills in the holes. The other piece of that too is supplements are made, again, they're to supplement. They are to help our cells function efficiently and effectively. And like, for example, when I'm using with my clients, it's to get them to help them along their healing path. So there's different, you know, phases they have in, in their journey. So there's certain supplements that we use within each phase to just help the overall function of the cells and functional the organs and the tissues in the body to help facilitate the healing process. So there are some like general supplements that I typically recommend for everybody. And then there's supplements that are going to be specific to the person and based on, you know, what stage of life they're in, what chronic issues they're dealing with, and, and two, kind of what, what phase they are on their healing path. Because the other thing to remember is that, you know, throwing a bunch of supplements at your body when you haven't taken time to do some steps first is, is just, that is going to make for expensive fee when you haven't, you know, worked on your detox pathways and your drainage systems, you haven't done the nervous system work. If your body does not feel safe to heal, it's not. So if you haven't done the nervous system work and your nervous system is still frazzled and you're like, Oh, I'll just take a bunch of something like it. It's not going to work. So there is a process. There's an order of operations for things when you're looking at like the healing process. But when we're looking at just kind of generalities of, of like what 
things. Everybody should take magnesium, which I mentioned before. I always recommend magnesium supplement. Up to 85% of us are deficient in magnesium. And again, it, a lot of it is found in the soil and it's really deficient in the soil now because of how, just how we grow things. The magnesium is huge one. Um, an omega-3 or a fish oil supplement is, is huge. It helps with inflammation, with overall function of your cells, a, a good multivitamin, a good healthy multivitamin, a good quality multivitamin. That's the other thing too, is the quality, like going down the vitamin aisle at your local grocery store not saying they don't have quality, but it, it's going to require you to do a little bit digging. It's not like, let me just go get the cheapest one. That's going to be a waste of your money. And really it's going to be, it could turn out even worse than not taking it at all because you're, it's filled with a bunch of, you know, fillers and synthetic things and artificial crap and all kinds of stuff. So knowing, um, educating yourself on brands, like finding, finding brands that do third-party testing, they test for heavy metals and they don't use synthetic things and fillers and all that using good quality brands that may be a little bit more expensive. I'm not saying you have to go buy the most expensive, but just kind of shooting for the middle of the range even could be better than going for like bottom of the barrel, but looking at the ingredients, making sure, you know, the quality is there. And so yeah, a good multivitamin, magnesium, fish oil. Um, and then even a good, a good probiotic and, and some, something that has probiotics and prebiotics, which is like the food for the probiotics helps with a healthy gut. So those are things, and there's a couple other ones too. Again, it would depend on, you know, the person and stuff, but there's some that I have people take for like ongoing maintenance. And then there's some that you take just for specific parts of the healing process. Yeah. Now a question I have in terms of supplements is for the majority of us, when our doctor sends us for our annual blood work, it's always, everything's good, good to go here's, here, here's your sign. Like get out of yep. my office. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I, I know that sometimes our blood work can influence the types of supplements we should or should not be taking. If we're looking to get a little bit more specific in terms of what we should be taking based off of our blood work, where should we go or what should we look for when we're looking for a practitioner to help us in that? I would definitely find somebody, ideally you'd find somebody trained in functional nutrition. I mean, you know, holistic nutrition is great too. Functional nutrition, um, people, someone who's trained like me as an FDMP, a functional medicine doctor, a functional nutritionist, somebody who's trained in functional nutrition is, is going to be able to look at a functional level at what your body needs, but especially if you're basing it off of like lab work, because they're going to be able to interpret the lab work, look at the lab work and make recommendations based on like what they see there. So really finding someone trained in functional nutrition is going to be, is going to be really crucial. Yeah, no, that's, that's super helpful. I, I think there are so many, so many different specialists and doctors yes, and all sure. these different designations. So it can feel a little yes, bit overwhelming for most of us to find the right person that, that matches with, with our sure. wants and needs. Just kind of final wrap up question for those of us who, uh, or the listeners who are ready to start taking steps, who recognize that maybe we can do things a little bit better. If you could give them like one piece of advice, what's the one thing we should do right after listening to this podcast today? Oh, that's a good question and a tough question. I think, you know, I've said it a few times here, but I'm going to say it again. I really think the biggest part of the wellness puzzle is awareness. I really think it is. I think it's the awareness to understand what's going on in your body, the awareness of knowing what's going on in your body so you want to take steps to do something about it, and the awareness that helps you tune into your intuition. I, I think intuition is such an underutilized part of the wellness piece within your body because there's so much there. Like your body's going to tell you what it needs. It is. If you take time to listen to it, if you 
quiet the noise and make space for it, your body's going to tell you, your intuition is going to tell you, but it, it's going to require that awareness piece. So I really feel like awareness is the biggest thing that can help make the most drastic changes in the yeah. wellness. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think all of us could just sit down with a pen and paper and start mm. really considering how we went through the day and how we felt and probably be able to <laughs> pinpoint a few areas of yes. opportunity right off yes. the bat. Yes. <laughs> Hope, thank you so much. For the listeners who are interested yes. in learning more about you, connecting with you online, where can they find you? Yeah, so I am probably most active on Instagram at the Hope Pedraza. And then I have a free Facebook group. It's live wholesome and healthy, just all things holistic and functional nutrition with a little bit of human design sprinkled in. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm excited to start implementing some of the tips you gave us today. And I know the listeners are going to get a lot out of this and uh, hopefully start to implement some of those tips as well yes. right away. So thank yes. you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.